What's up, everybody? This is Austin Cunningham of Talking Football. There is no trees today as he has other stuff going on. So it'll just be me today. But no worry, our show will continue on just like it normally does this week. This Thursday night, tonight for you guys listening, starts week five of the NFL. We are starting the second quarter, and boy, has it been exciting so far. So tonight, we have a matchup of Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams. I almost said St. Louis. I'm still not used to the switch, especially if they were there for as long as I've been alive and really paid attention. But They are the Los Angeles Rams, and they are playing the Seattle Seahawks this week, which will be an exciting matchup. It's going to be different to see how Jared Goff comes off from his performance Sunday against the Buccaneers as he threw 68 times. You throw that many times on a Sunday, and then you go on a short week and you play Seattle, it gets even more more tougher is what I was about to say, but it's going to be even tougher, honestly, especially since they are in Seattle. It's not cold yet, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But the matchup for this game, the Rams at the Seahawks, the Seahawks are favored by a point and a half. Treese has already gone through and picked all of his teams, including the prop bets. So for the game itself, Treese has the Rams covering the Seahawks. I do not know his reasoning, But I'm going to assume it's because the Rams appear to be the better team. But as I took a deeper dive into this, I really started to see how the Rams' defense is not what it was last year. They give up plenty of yards, and they give up plenty of big plays. It is what has continued to happen and what has hurt the Rams so far this year and the reasoning for their games being as close. And then the loss, the lost the loss last week as well excuse me there so I will actually be taking the Seahawks to cover here I think Russell Wilson is ready to have a big game I think DK Metcalf has a big game the running game for the Seahawks has been present and for the Rams not really as honestly Todd Gurley rushed for what eight times I believe Trace and I we've talked about this on Tuesday but it's just one of those things where the play calling for the Rams is different But for the passing sense, and the running game just hasn't really been present. I know it's the reason because the Rams were down. But still, you have one of the best running backs in the NFL, the second highest paid running back, and you're not running the ball. Something has to change there. But Seattle, I just think that this is a game for them. They're ready to win. And what the Rams just went through on Sunday was a tough, hard-fought battle that they lost. There was a lot of turnovers. And Jared Goff just has not looked very good since the start of the year and signing that massive contract that he did so heading into our prop bets now for the game tonight we have jared goff on a over or under of 297 passing yards Therese has set the over here and i'm gonna follow along suit he threw for 500 yards last week i believe this is the second time in his career that he's thrown for over 500 yards he did it last year against the chiefs i believe as well which is just absolutely absurd to throw that amount of yards in a game but he did it he's done it multiple times now and this is just what we have going forward with Goff. he's gonna throw some interceptions but boy he's gonna sh- throw a shit ton of yards as well so we both have the over here next we have todd Gurley at over or under 61 rushing yards Treese has also taken Gurley to take the over here, and I will follow suit with this again, mainly because the running performance that he had last week, the attempts were very limited. I think they tried to make up for that, especially with the amount of times that Goff threw on Sunday. So I'm going to take Gurley 
to go over 61 rushing yards. This is his opportunity to say, hey, I'm still the top running back in the NFL. I'm not going anywhere, and we're just going to keep running the ball, and we're going to do what we do as the Rams, and our defense will just catch up if they have to. So I'm taking Gurley here. Um, Our next prop bet is going to be Cooks, the wide receiver going over or under 70 receiving yards. Therese has taken the under, but I'm actually going to take the over here. I believe he has a big play early in the game. Maybe it's a screen, maybe it's a slant, and he just breaks a tackle or makes a guy miss, and he's gone. So I see Cooks actually having a pretty good game here against the Seahawks. Nothing against their defense. I just have a feeling here. This is one of those gut feelings that you get um, with Cooks. He hasn't really had that big moment so far this year, so I think he gets it here for Thursday night. And then Treese has taken the under, like I believe I've already said, but our next one is going to be the other receiver, for the Rams one of their multiple receivers here in Cooper Cup on an over under of 76 receiving yards now the thing with Cup the dude catches touchdowns all right we've already seen the play this year where he catches a ball over the middle and he breaks multiple tackles just pretty much just runs through an entire defensive secondary honestly into the end zone with a not wanting to go down so you love that effort from Cup but I just don't think it translates into this game. Seattle is a hard-hitting team. They're not going to just allow guys to bounce off. They, they wrap up. They finish tackles. They show you that they're there. And that's why Seattle is loved so much across the NFL and honestly around the fan base because of how physical they play on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that gives an effect on Cup. Yes, he's fast, but Cup is very good at evading defenders and tackles close to the red zone so saying this i know it sounds kind of contradictive honestly but cup is really good at getting space in the end zone and getting those first downs but not really those deep shots that continuing down the field like we've already seen once this year so i'm going to actually take the under here and i also need to make sure that i am keeping track of what i pick where Teresa is going to be going what in the world have you done being alone but We are caught up to space. Now going to the Seahawks in this matchup. The first over-under for the Seahawks is Russell Wilson on if he's going to throw for 244 yards. Therese has taken the over here, and I'm going to follow suit with this again, mainly because Russell Wilson has been having a pretty good year, and the Rams' defense has just been letting play after play after play take place in their secondary. It's not really been the the stop everyone we're going to shut them down it's been someone's going to get the ball they're going to break a couple tackles and they're going to go marcus peters he got blown up last week he got just shook to his core i believe it was mike evans that had the deep touchdown on him and then he comes back the next series and catches a gets an interception runs it back for a pick six but while crossing the end zone he got rocked so i honestly don't know his status of the game that's something i definitely should have checked on for this but i'm imagining he's going to play and so our next play up our next uh, prop bet here is going to be carson for 66 rushing yards over or under trees has taken the under which is honestly kind of surprising mainly due to the fact that he has been such a carson fan so far this season and i don't know what he sees here for carson to have less than that so i'm actually going to take the over because I'm just going to go against Trees here. If he's done that much talking and that much praising for Carson and how he's the running back for Seattle, I think that he should follow suit with this, but he takes it under. I'm sure his reasoning is there, and we'll hear about it later um, next week 
um, on Tuesday. So I'm going to take the over here for Carson. I've been taking a lot of the overs. I only have one under, and that's the Cooper Cup receiving yards. But we're going to move on to Lockett. Um, Treese has the over on 71 receiving yards. I'm going to take the under, mainly due to the fact that Lockett is one of those guys that just has one big play a game that is honestly one of those momentum-changing plays. And that's why everyone loves Lockett in Seattle. That's why he was a big playmaker at Kansas State as well. And he's translated into the NFL nicely. And Russell Wilson just seems to find that one deep shot, that one ball that just goes perfectly in the breadbasket for Lockett. And all he's got to do is make sure he catches it. So I'm going to say he's under here. I don't think he has that big of a game. And then our next and our last prop bet is going to be Metcalf at 46 yards Therese has taken the under rightfully so I think that's understanding we haven't really seen any massive plays for Metcalf but I'm going to say this is the game for him I'm going to say this is his welcome to the NFL game this is where he tears it up this is where he shows he is the guy for the Seattle moving forward he's not going to be one of those elusive ankle breaking guys he's going to be hey I'm going to catch it and good luck tackling me and that's exactly what I want to see from Metcalf. And that's why Seattle drafted him, honestly, especially even though he fell that far into the draft. Seattle still sees something. He's already made plays for them, those tough contested catches, and then running for those hard yards. So that's what I love for Metcalf. I think this is a game where he's able to do it against a smaller secondary um, in the Rams. So I'm excited for this NFC West matchup. And that is pretty much all we have for it again Treese is taking the Rams to win. I am taking Seattle. So now moving to the rest of the games in the NFL, we have the Arizona Cardinals versus the Bengals. Treese has taken the Arizona Cardinals mainly due to the fact that he believes Murray, and he hasn't said anything. I'm just kind of going off an assumption of what I'm used to hearing from Treese and his reasoning on this. And I'm assuming it's going to be because he doesn't believe in Andy Dalton. Ross already has gone down with an injury. Speaking of that, if you're a receiver and you get drafted by Seattle, you better just honestly maybe leave. Say, (laughs) like, reject the draft because it appears to be that their athletic training department for the receivers just can't keep anybody healthy. Like, A.J. Green being injured, Tyler Eifert being injured, John Ross is now hurt. He was continued to be hurt. And it's just you never see any of these guys be healthy. So maybe there's a curse over the Bengals. If anyone else has heard this, please let me know because I am honestly curious on what is going on here. But moving on, Trees taking the Cardinals. I am actually going to take the Bengals. I know I just pretty much pooped all over them and the idea of them not being able to stay healthy but I think this is a bounce back game for them they could not be happy with their performance against the Steelers now is an opportunity for them to go hey just recollect get everything gathered up let's get our minds right and let's go and the Cardinals they just haven't really shown much and their defense does not appear to be present they don't seem to be as physical and they just don't seem to be competing at a level that we would like to see them. I know this is a game that Peterson is coming back, but I believe the Bengals will find a way to win this game as they are set to cover by three. Um, so again, it's the Arizona Cardinals in Cincinnati against the Bengals where the Bengals, the Bengals are favored by three. I will take them as Trees takes the Cardinals. Moving to our next matchup is the Buffalo Bills versus the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans are favored by three. Trees has taken the Titans here. Um, 
which is kind of surprising as an AFC South foe who he apparently just really, not apparently, he does. He just does not like any other team in the AFC South, rightfully so. But here we are. Trees takes the Titans. They have looked great on defense. Their offense looked phenomenal against the Falcons, against a beaten-up defense. But the Bills are not a beaten-up defense. They are a very physical defense. They get after the quarterback. We saw what they did last week against the Patriots. Forcing him, which I believe was nine, almost eight straight, three and outs, or just consecutively, not consecutively, but just through the game, there were multiple three and outs for the Patriots, which you is honestly just unheard of for them. The Bills find a way. They continue to grow off of this. Yes, I know Josh Allen is dealing with concussion protocol, to me personally, that doesn't make that much of a difference for me in this game at the quarterback position. I believe that they can run the ball well enough. They have enough weapons at the receiving core, and they on, honestly just have not been taking as many deep shots this year with Allen as you would expect. The shots have been taken, but they haven't been really successful. So I'm sticking with the Bills primarily for their defense and what they can do there in getting pressure to Mariota. So this is going to be a defensive battle. And it's one that I think the Bills will come out on top of. So the Titans, I have losing here. They will not cover the three, but Trace believes they will. Moving to our next game, the Chicago Bears. Wow, the Chicago. (laughs) The Chicago Bears are favored by five, traveling to Oakland to face the Raiders. Um, That's kind of a big spread here as Trace takes the Raiders, but I'm going to take the Bears. It's not just me purposely being opposite as the last couple weeks we've honestly been on the same page so this is kind of kind of a brain wrecker here um not really sure where i want to go or the reasoning for the bears as mitchell trubisky's out their defense is star studded the raiders have a good running game Derek carr they just came off a big win against the colts last week so john gruden has got to be excited facing this defense but this is also the Khalil Mack comes back to Oakland game. And that right there is my set in stone 100% reason on selecting the Bears to beat the Raiders. Their offense, yeah, it's not going to be as exciting against this Raiders defense. No, there's I'm not giving any praise to that defense because it doesn't deserve it. And plus, they just lost their defensive captain um, who has done nothing but make noises this week from his hit against the Colts and Jack Doyle, which is just absolutely not needed in the league why would he do that nobody knows but you have to understand that other players in the nfl are not happy with this they are probably in complete agreement on him being suspended for the year good for that he honestly should not be allowed back in the nfl that's what i would be praising for or going for if i'm a player so the raiders will not cover this spread of five. The Bears will beat them. Khalil Mack is going to have a hell of a game. He's going to have a nice hello welcoming to Derek Carr as he sacks him hopefully multiple times. So the Raiders will not have enough on their offensive side of the ball to make a difference on the Bears' great defense, which they will just continue rolling through this year. So Bears are beating the Raiders. Our next game, the Jacksonville Jaguars are visiting the Carolina Panthers where the Panthers are favored by three and a half. This is another one of those games where I don't understand why the home team is favored. Yeah, their defense for the Panthers has been great, but do you know who who else's defense has been pretty good? The Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey may not be playing this game. He sat out of practice yesterday for you guys listening um, to his back injury. 
Chiefs will probably just say the media is trying to <laughs> make noise and make Jalen Ramsey look like the bad guy. I honestly think it has to do with him not wanting to be in Jacksonville anymore. But that's just he said. She said, you never know what's really truly going on within the team on the inside. We will find those answers probably once Jalen retires or after this has just been solved and moving forward. But Trees has, of course, taken the Jaguars to win this game, and I am in a complete agreement there. As Trees would say, I 100% agree. And my reasoning is Gardner Minshew has looked great. He now holds the record for the highest passer rating in a quarterback's first four starting games, which I believe he has 106.5, if I remember that correctly. So that's great for him, and that's great for the Jaguars moving forward because now their defense has something to be excited for. They don't have anything to be pissed off about. They don't have a tight end at quarterback anymore. They don't have to roll off the field by making the team go three and out going, Oh, looks like we'll be here for another, you know, in another three players. Leonard Fournette has looked great. It looks like he has finally molded himself into the running back unless last week was just a fluke. But this is a good game for him to continue it on. The Panthers have had a surprisingly well defense or surprisingly good defense so far this year. And then their quarterback, Allen, he's looked great. He hasn't been anything perfect. He's had several fumbles. And against this Jaguars defensive line, you cannot help but think that it's going to be, there's going to be even more fumbles from him because this defensive line is outstanding. They get to the quarterback, they make a difference, they turn the ball over. And that's what Jacksonville is going to do here in Carolina. So the Panthers being favored here by three and a half, I think, is just complete ridiculous there's no reason for it. the Jaguars are going to win this game big now moving on to our next one the Buccaneers versus the Saints where the Saints are favored by three and a half at home Trees has taken the Saints understandably so it makes sense their defense is good they have not turning they're not turning the ball over on offense I don't believe Teddy Bridgewater has made really any mistakes but he hasn't done anything to show that he can win this game for them as well as the Buccaneers defense has been outstanding they sacked Jared Goff they intercepted Jared Goff they made Jared Goff fumble the ball they were in the backfield all game Shaq Barrett is looking like a all pro defensive end slash edge rusher he is making a difference. The Buccaneers got a steal picking him up in free agency. There's no way they get him again unless they are ready to just give him the bank. But the Buccaneers offense has been another story. The running game is present. Ronald Jones is a running back. He has put on weight. We discussed this a couple weeks ago, and that's great for the Buccaneers moving forward. Jameis Winston is actually looking like a quarterback. Bruce Arians may have fixed him. If you go back to my week four recap and the guys that I ride it with, with Anthony Smith I believe I just made have messed <laughs> messed up his game and Tyler um we you know I believe it was Anthony Anth Oreo here has mentioned that Jameis Winston may have been fixed by Bruce Arians and if he's right NFL look out because this guy was a number one pick for a reason and he's looking like it so far this year which is good now if we get the bad Jameis Winston and he just throws multiple interceptions to the Saints this is going to be a very poor game it's going to be a sad game because the Buccaneers will not be able to figure it out from there if the Saints just roll all over them this is a big matchup more than a lot of people may realize oh excuse me this is about the point where I get the hiccups here so the Saints are favored by three and a half. Trees has taken the Saints. I am actually going to take the Bucks. Their defense has been phenomenal. 
and Teddy Bridgewater is not doing enough to show me that he can beat the Buccaneers here. The Buccaneers have been great, especially for what they did last week against the Rams. So that is exactly why I'm taking them to win this game. Not just cover, but win. So I'm excited for this matchup. This is a game that I'll be keeping a key eye on. Our next game, the Minnesota Vikings are traveling to New York, the Big Apple, to face Daniel Danger Zone Jones and the New York Giants. The Vikings are favored by five and a half. Now, there has been a lot of noise coming from both of these teams the last couple weeks. The New York Giants in regards to Daniel Jones being the future and then the injury to Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley is your future of the franchise, he is the running back, which we all know he is. He is the face of that franchise and the face of what they do moving forward. Yes, they get Golden Tate this week, but there is no need to rush Saquon Barkley, which sounds like they may be trying to do. He was projected to be out for almost eight weeks. Multiple doctors had said that, like multiple doctors that are used to this. You had gone on Twitter. They do their thing like, hey, this, t- this type of injury can set you out for eight weeks. Yesterday, they showed in practice several videos of him running. It looked like he was making some cuts. He was even dancing. If he is the true face of this franchise, you do not rush him back. What do you have to show for this season? Absolutely nothing. You need to just let this season go. If you do poorly and you are a top 10, top 5 draft pick, perfect. That's great if you're the Giants right now because now you can just add to your offense. You can go get a star-studded receiver, which there is plenty of. You can go get an edge rusher in this draft, which there appears to be plenty of as well. These guys are stepping up and making plays in the college world that's going to translate into the NFL for the Giants. There's no need to rush Saquon Barkley back. Now, getting back to the overall point of this game, the Giants have this noise coming out. They don't have a true running back. The one that filled in last week was great. He did a good job. But this Vikings defense is for real. Their defensive line is massive. Their linebackers are big, fast, and physical. And that's why the Vikings are going to roll all over the Giants here, and they're going to win by 5.5. Yes, Daniel Jones has looked great, but he's also made some mistakes, and this is not a defense you want to make mistakes against. Another thing with the Vikings here, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. There's not necessarily been any direct conversations in the media, but Adam Thielen comes out and goes, hey, we can't be a one-dimensional team. Now, whether this was focused towards Kirk Cousins or to the head coach and going, hey, we can't just run the ball. Dalvin Cook is a great running back, but you can have the best running back in the league and be a one-dimensional team, and you're not going to win. And I don't know why the Vikings are when they have Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. That doesn't make any sense to me. And then you have Rudolph at tight end, who's not the best tight end in the league. But if you put him on the right team with a guy who looks or an offense that looks for the tight end, I believe he'd be pretty damn good. But that's just not what the Vikings do. So Kirk Cousins this game has already come out and apologized to Thielen for not looking his way. He's going to do that plenty this week. And I believe the Giants know that. The Giants know it, and the Vikings know it. Thielen's getting the ball, and so is Diggs, and then you're going to just go back to your bread and butter running. That's fine to be a running team, but you have to mix in the pass at the right times, and that's what the Vikings just truly have not done yet. So, like I've said before here, the Vikings will beat the Giants. Thielen's going to have a big game. Diggs is going to have a decent game, and Dalvin Cook is just going to do what he does. But there's going to be a difference in play calling here this week against the Giants. Now, another team in New York, the New York Jets, are traveling to Philadelphia where the Eagles are favored by 13.5. That's too big of a spread for me. 
I don't know if Dalton, excuse me, not Dalton, if Darnold is playing this week or not. He appeared to be back in practice yesterday, which is great for him. They're going to do their testing. They're going to see where he's at. But coming back from mono, that's tough, especially with as big of a sickness that is. So the 13 and a half, Treese and I have both picked the Jets. Excuse me, I don't think I said this for our last game either. We both picked the Vikings to win. Treese did and I, as we are picking the Jets to cover against the Eagles. I don't know if the Jets necessarily win, but I do believe they cover. The Eagles have not shown anything on the defensive side of the ball to stop teams or not keep them in games. Yes, last week they had a big stop on the goal line against the Packers, but that was because Jimmy Graham decided to go Mr. One Hand on a fourth down in the end zone, let alone the red zone, and lose them that game. Yes, I am putting all of that on Jimmy Graham. No reason to go up one-handed there when you can go for two. So this is why I'm going to take the Jets covering against the Eagles. That's about all I have to say for that game. Our next one is the Ravens, where they are favored by three, traveling to Pittsburgh. Treese has taken the Ravens to win understandably so he's a big Lamar Jackson fan he loves their defense and think there's going to be great and the Ravens they do have a good defense they also have a good offense they do have a good running game they have a good quarterback they've they've honestly transformed their team for what they were about two years ago which was more of a passing trying to be a running team with Joe Flacco they've transformed that this year which is great I love that but the Steelers their defense looked pretty good against the against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, it's the Cincinnati Bengals, and their offensive line is just <laughs> atrocious. But the Steelers here, they're going to continue off that. This is a big division game. The AFC North is honestly just up for grabs at this point on which team just wants to take it over and might make the difference. Big Ben going down was a blow for the Steelers. But Mason Rudolph has stepped in and done a good enough job to keep that team rolling. Yes, a lot of his passes go even backwards or to running backs, but at some point he's going to have to start throwing the ball down the field. Maybe against the secondary, that's not where to do it, but I have the Steelers winning this game. As I'm sitting here talking it through, I'm starting to realize might be a little bit of a silly decision, but it is what I'm going. This is just another one of those gut feelings that I have here, similar to the Bengals beating the, the Cardinals, as I mentioned earlier. So this is just where I'm at. The Steelers, I believe they beat the Ravens. I think this is the game that Lamar Jackson makes mistakes and loses them the game. I'm not going to say what I was just about to, but that that's all I have to say for this game. Moving on to our next one. The New England Patriots are favored by 15 and a half. I really, I, what I should have done before I started recording here was gone back and just see the the spreads for the Patriots against every team so far because it just has to be the highest spread total in just the history of gambling for within the first five weeks of the season. The Patriots, everyone gets pissed off that they have the easiest schedule year in and year out. Look at the AFC East. That's, I mean, that's the reason why, because the AFC East is just an awful division outside of the New England Patriots. So that's why they're favored so high here. That's why they have the easiest schedule. And that's why the Patriots just continue to be the Patriots. The Redskins, they're just a fucking mess. That's it. That's truly it. Jay Gruden comes out today and goes, they don't know who they're starting at quarterback. How, I mean, how do you not know? It's week five of the NFL. Is Case Keenum the answer? Is Dwayne Haskins, do you want him to get reps? Those are easy yes or no questions. Do you want to move forward with Keenum? No. All right. Dwayne Haskins. Do we want to help him develop? Do we want him to come out here and play the Patriots? 
My answer would be no. So then you go to Colt McCoy, a seasoned player, a veteran. I'm not going to say seasoned veteran, but he's a veteran. He's been in the NFL. He started games. He's played games. The winningest quarterback at the University of Texas. The dude knows how to play ball. Put him in this game and just see what happens because as the Redskins, you have nothing else to look forward to. Terry McLaurin, that might be about it. Your tight end, I believe, went down with, an, with a concussion. You really hate to see it, but that's just where the Redskins are right now. Their defense has been okay, but it's not going to be anything against the Patriots. The Patriots' defense and offense are just clicking on all fucking cylinders right now. So there's no way the offense does anything against this defense, who leads the NFL in interceptions, rightfully so. And the defense looks better than it has before, and it's not just because they're playing bad teams. They've played bad teams before and just still been in games. This defense just kills opponents like they just put their foot on their throat and they're like hey good luck because uh, after that after this game you're not going to want to play any more games and that's just what the Patriots have done so far week five or the four weeks of the NFL and they're going to continue it here in week five against the Redskins now our next game here we both Therese and I we both picked the Patriots here sorry to get out of rhythm there but the Falcons versus the Texans Trees has picked the Texans where they are favored by five and a half at home. This was one of those games where I hadn't typed in anything yet because I wasn't sure where I wanted to go. So I'm just going to talk myself through it here with you guys. The Falcons, their defense is injured. They're battled. All right. They've got bruises. They're cut up. They're beat up. And then their offense has just not been clicking. Matt Ryan is not Matty Ice. He's Matty Miss. You're going to have a receiver down the middle of the field. He's going to miss him. You're going to have Julio Jones wide open in the end zone. He's going to miss him. He wants to be Michael Vick and try and run to the outside. It takes him five steps to get out there and try and go forward, and then he's sacked. So for the Falcons, I just don't see them getting anything clicking. The running game has not been anything as well, and I know this because I have Devontae Freeman on my fantasy teams. Yes, that's teams with an S. That's plural. I thought this dude would have a breakout season. Boy, was I fucking wrong. He's done nothing. This team has done nothing. They don't have an offensive line. Their defense is injured. And the Texans, Deshaun Watson gets hit a shit ton. Maybe this is because of O'Brien. Maybe O'Brien needs to just call simpler plays. Just get the ball out of your hand. I mean, you've got to have this kid not get hit this many times. There's no reason for it. Are we going to see the same thing here with Andrew Luck? that we're going to or we're going to see the same thing with Deshaun Watson as we did with Andrew Luck. And it's not going to be good. Excuse me there as I take a sip of water, my throat's getting a little dry. But moving forward, the Texans, their offensive line's bad. Deshaun Watson gets hit. They have multiple receiving weapons and they don't have that bad of a running back group. They should be doing it by committee with Johnson and Carlos Hyde. They need to figure that out. They need to figure out their play calling, but their defense J.J. Watt has not been the J.J. Watt is what we're used to. He blamed the loss against the Panthers on himself. Why? I am really not sure because it's not his fault. Their secondary is not the best, but you don't have to be the best when you're playing the Falcons this week because we're playing Matty Miss. Um, Julio hasn't been that much of a threat. Yes, it's, it's Julio Jones, but he hasn't done enough to just tear up everyone and make you super scared with Matty Miss at quarterback. You have Calvin Ridley, who has not been taken advantage of. And then you have Muhammad Sanu, who just seems to be the primary guy, the safe haven for Matt Ryan with 
balls across the middle, short intermediate routes, some plays outside. So I'm just going to take the Texans here. I think they win by the five and a half. They are at home. James Watt blaming himself for that loss last week has to be a motivating factor for him. And their defense is just going to build upon it. I think they're going to be one of these teams that continues to go up. So looking at the AFC South, we have Trees has the Titans. Trees has every team in the AFC South winning this week, surprisingly. Unless I am just not, except for one, which we'll get to here in a second because, you know, they play the Kansas City Chiefs. So that is it. For the Falcons and Texans, we are both picking the Texans to win by five and a half. We have a couple games more, or a couple more games here to go. The Denver Broncos are traveling to the Los Angeles Chargers, where they are favored by six and a half. I said this in my weekly recap here. The Broncos have a storyline that we should all be paying attention to, and that storyline is: Are they going to win a game this year? They're zero and four. They were up by 17 last week against the Jaguars. And Gardner Minshew said, hold up. Let me clean my mustache off. I got a little bit of dirt in it. And watch us come back. And that's exactly what they did. We've all seen the video of Minshew moving around in the pocket, avoiding the sack, and then throwing a touchdown pass. This is happening against the Denver Broncos defense. This is ha- That happened against Vaughn Miller. That happened against Chris Harris Jr. I'm not sure if Bradley Chubb was injured at that point or not as he is out for the year with an, ASC, with an ACL injury. The Broncos are one of these teams that could potentially lose every single game because their schedule does not get any easier. The month of October is tough, and then it just continues on. The only game that I see them having a true shot at might be against the Buffalo Bills in November, but if Josh Allen is playing and their defense is keeping it up, not a shot in hell. Now, the next game that they have potentially to win, the Oakland Raiders for their last game of the season. And that game honestly might be to who gets last place in the division. And that's going to be <laughs> a highly contested game for the both of them because neither of them want to, excuse me, unless they are fighting for a top five pick in the draft, which the Broncos might be competing for a number one pick. Because I honestly just do not see them winning any more games with Flacco at quarterback. They've already put Drew Locke on the IR due to the thumb injury. I don't think he has... I don't think he's going to come back. I honestly wouldn't bring him back. Like, just there's no reason to put Drew Locke out there. He's not going to make a big enough difference. He's not NFL ready. There's no reason for it. Just go with the season, see what happens. Maybe John Elway gets promoted into a higher role out of GM. It might be the first time we see a GM get promoted just so he's no longer the GM. But the Broncos have to do something because there's no reason for this. They don't need to fire Vic Fangio. He, he does not need to be fired. This isn't his fault. But the Broncos need to figure out their play calling, and they need to figure out who they are as an offensive team. The Chargers, they have that figured out. I talked about on Tuesday their running back situation. Melvin Gordon's coming back. Phillip Rivers appears to be saving his arm for later in the season as he's throwing a lot of checkdowns. There's no reason to be taking these deep shots early in the year. There's no reason for it in the first quarter of the season. We know who you are. Phillip Rivers knows who he is. Save that for the end of the year when it matters. So that's exciting for the Chargers. Their defense, they've been injured, but they still have a tremendous pass rush. And that's going to be great against the Broncos as they have Mr. I can see all the way across Delaware, Joe Flacco, just that likes to stand there. So the Chargers are going to have a heyday here. They're favored by six and a half. 
I completely expect them to win by six and a half. Our next matchup here, the Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys, where the boys in Dallas are favored by three and a half. This is another game that Treese and I agree on, and that's the Packers winning. The Cowboys offense scored one touchdown last week. They lost to field goals. This reminds me of Kansas City a couple years ago where they lost to the Steelers, I believe, in a wild card. They lost 21-14. to You think the Steelers scored three touchdowns? Nope. They scored. They kicked seven field goals. Seven fucking field goals. That still hurts. I remember that like it was yesterday. I sat on a couch. I ordered 20 wings from Buffalo Wild Wings with my roommate, and we ate it, and we watched him lose, and then I got really drunk and really sad. But that was then, and this is now. I shouldn't be going back in that time. It was a bad time, bad time. But here, here we are now with you boys, with you ladies and gentlemen, as the Cowboys are favored to win by three and a half. We are both taking the Packers to win. The Cowboys' offense did not do well last week against the Saints. No discredit to the Saints' defense here, but Dak has been just tearing it up so far this year. <clears throat> and that Saints' secondary is pretty good. They might as well be called the Ohio State Saints because that's practically who they are as a team. They shut out the Cowboys' offense except for one touchdown. They're, the Cowboys' defense literally shut out the offense. That's why I don't think Teddy Bridgewater has enough to beat the Buccaneers this week on their defense. If you can't score against the Cowboys, you're not going to score against the Buccaneers. But watch the exact opposite happen. That's just my luck. So the Cowboys here against the Packers. I don't think their offense does anything against the Packers' defense. I think the Packers' offense is pissed off for the performance that they had last week. And they got a bigger day's rest since they played last Thursday. They have 10 days of rest versus the Cowboys, who just have a normal seven. The Packers are going to win this game. The boys are favored by three and a half because they're at home and they get that half point favorite. So the Packers are going to win this game. Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he does. He's going to spread the ball around. I think they get their offensive, they get their running game rolling again with Jones. And we're going to see the Packers beat the Cowboys. And I can't wait for it. Now, our next game here. The Indianapolis Colts are traveling here to Kansas City, Missouri, where the Chiefs are favored by 11. Last week, the Colts got blown out by the Raiders. A huge reason for that is because T.Y. Hilton sat out. And I believe they have some injuries along their defensive front. But this game here, they come into Kansas City. This is the playoff game last year where the Chiefs won it. It was their first home playoff win in however long, way too long years. And so now for Kansas City, this is our opportunity to once again show, hey, we are the better team in the AFC South and we're ready to play. This is also the Justin Houston coming back to Kansas City game. This is a Sunday night game. I will be going to this game and I am excited for it because I know Justin Houston is going to get a big welcome. And as he should, like he really, really should. But the Chiefs' offense is clicking. They cannot be happy with how it went last week. Yes, they played the lines. Yes, they looked sloppy. And everyone was going, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes this game? The dude still threw for 300 yards. But when you have three straight fumbles for your team, it's hard to do anything on offense. But the fact that you still throw for 300 yards and you lead your team on a game-winning run at the end of it to come back, that's great. That's fantastic. That's awesome. So they're going to build off that. They're playing the Colts' defense. They're going to destroy them, and I'm excited for it. The Colts' offense, they're beat up a little bit, and the Chiefs' defense is not happy with themselves. They also have Morris Claiborne coming in this week. 
I believe he is set to play. I don't have an official update on that, and I'm honestly not sure as of yet. But if he does play, this helps their secondary a lot, and this only hurts the Colts because Jacoby Brissett has looked great, but he's not looked fantastic. He has not been the guy that is just zooming the ball down the field. He doesn't have T.Y. Hilton there. Paris Campbell is there, but he hasn't really shown much. So this could be a game where Campbell comes out and goes, hey, this is my welcome to the NFL moment. The bright lights are on. Back to the Chiefs offense on who they may have coming back. That's Tyreek Hill. He practiced yesterday. My only concern here is if he's not ready, if he's not physically ready, because the injury isn't about his legs are moving, it's about that sternum and that collarbone connection. If he gets hit hard and that gets hurt again, how much longer is he out? Is it worth him playing on a Sunday night game? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But this game here is going to be a big matchup. It's one I'm excited for. I'm glad to be going to the game. And it, I, we both have the Chiefs winning this game. This is the only AFC South team that Trees does not have winning, and rightfully so. So, our last game of the week. Here we are. The Cleveland Browns are traveling to San Francisco to play the Niners, where the Niners are favored by three and a half. Trees has picked the Browns to win this game. We just, wow, this is our first disagreement. One, two, three, four, five games. So, out of the last six games, we have one disagreement. That's great because Trees is taking the Browns, and I'm surprised. The Browns had a great running game last week. I didn't see enough from Baker Mayfield. I didn't see enough from him to go, hey, the dude's the dude's back. He's a good quarterback. He's back to playing at a high level. He didn't show that last week. They just had a great running game and they were able to shut down the Ravens passing game and get enough pressure to cause hectic or cause havoc and just just threw the the Ravens off their game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, the 49ers we're just on a bye. Kyle Shanahan had time to watch this Browns defense. He had time to go back so far in this year and go, where are their weaknesses? Maybe it's the injuries in the secondary. Maybe there's, hey, this is where the injuries are. These are where we can still attack. Their defensive line is weak here. Their linebackers are weak here. This play is open here. Kyle Shanahan is going to just schematically slice the Browns apart. He's just going to lead them to nowhere. He's the, the Browns. The Browns are what? A dog. The dog pound. What he's going to do is he's going to trick those dogs into going one way, and he's going to run right around them. George Kittle's going to have a massive game. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a massive game, and I'm excited for it. I just don't believe in the Browns still yet this year. I'm not going to sit here and shit talk them like I did a couple weeks ago or a couple weeks now. Their defense is good. They get pressure, but I still don't believe them in enough this week to face the 49ers. The 49ers are coming off a bye week. Yes, they had it late or early into the year, excuse me there, but it's just going to be enough for them to keep rolling with this momentum. And the Browns have got to be, they've got to be a little worried about the 49ers coming in undefeated. Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers are going to come in and make some noise. Or the Browns are going to come into San Francisco, and they're going to go home whimpering and whining and just super sad. So I'm taking the 49ers to win. Treese is taking the Browns, where the Niners are favored by three and a half. Our only bye weeks for this week are the Detroit Lions and the Miami Dolphins. Great for both of those teams. If you're Detroit, I understand wanting a bye this week, but you also have great momentum moving forward. You have a lot to build off of last week. If you're Miami, just... Figure out what you want, excuse me, figure out who you are as a team 
what you want moving forward and make it happen. Find a way to just play as a team and get things rolling in the right direction because the season isn't going anywhere for you. And if you're Josh Rosen, you don't have a lot to look forward to. You don't have a lot of people to rely on, but find it. Mike Gusecki, get ready to go because I have a feeling the ball is going to be coming to you a lot, fast and furious for the rest of this year after this bye week. So I can't wait for both of these teams to come off the bye and see what they do moving forward. This week is going to be an exciting one. Week five, the start of the second quarter of the season is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a little scary. It's going to be a little spooky. It is October. That time is here, and I cannot wait for it. Thank you guys for listening. Treese will be back on Tuesday for the week five recap. Other than that, we will be moving on to this week. It's going to be an exciting time. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, we are talking football. Talking football.